the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hope you had a great weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and celebrated so many uh, powerful images over the weekend. I I spent some time with uh, my wife and her two friends from school, two girlfriends and their husbands uh, who have become great friends of ours. And uh, one of the gentlemen was talking about, I think it was his great uncle, um, who uh, died in World War II uh, off the coast of Italy. In, in, uh, in, he was in the Navy and uh, is buried at Anzio. And it reminded me that my wife and I went to the uh, military, the American uh, cemetery in Anzio, which it looks a lot like the American military cemetery, um, American cemetery in um, Normandy, and, and, and has a sort of echo of the cemeteries in um, – in both Jefferson Barracks, for those from Missouri that have been down to the the uh, incredible um, cemetery there, and of course Arlington, uh, all of them. And um, so I hope people had uh, great uh, um, um, memories, as we said on Friday, uh, remembering the uh, great service to our nation and uh, some personal stories and then others just generally. I hope there was celebration. So very good. All right. We've got an incredible program. Uh, in a few moments, we will talk, of course, with Todd Benzman, because this week is the week when uh, Title 42 was supposed to expire, which is a provision of uh, federal law that is right now being used to stop some of the influx uh, at the border. That was supposed to expire. The Biden administration was happy to let the the floodgates be opened uh, all across Latin America and the world. They were saying, oh, good, it's time to come to America uh, about uh, last week of May. Well, the, uh, the courts, the federal courts stopped that. But we'll get a report from Todd Benzman. I can give you a preview. I talked to him uh, texting him uh, that the border is wide open and there's lots of um, lots of chaos down there. And we'll also talk uh, a related topic. Breitbart, Texas has a great uh, writer, Randy Clark. Randy Clark is himself a 32 year veteran of the Border Patrol. Um, he retired a few years ago and now is um, heading up Breitbart, Texas or part of that team. Writes about the border some. But in this case, he's written about the uh, shootings down in Texas, the terrible murder, the, 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 the evil doer, uh, but also about what really went on. You know, the media love to race and chase a narrative. And the narrative was, oh, the cops were cowardly, didn't go in there. It's just a lie. Um, it was a terrible, horrendous, evil, evil actor. Uh, that, that guy, I mean, just terrible, evil, just evil. And lots of heroism and lots of terribleness and lots of uh, stuff. So we'll get a report from Randy Clark. All right, but first, what you need to know today this is very important. Uh, there was a piece over in the Associated Press that ran, and and the piece was basically the reporter, supposed to be reporting, basically wrote a sort of incredible, um, <laughs> uplifting story of the fact that Democrats in Georgia admitted that they voted in the Republican primary because they wanted to make sure that the anti-Trump candidates 
would win the Republican primaries. And they, of course, they trotted out this never Trumper weasel, Adam Kinzinger, who's retiring from Congress. I love these guys. They're so tough. They're so tough and so manly. And once they realize they've got a bad, tough race, they just quit. Paul Ryan did it. Adam Kinzinger did it. So anyway, Kinzinger's bragging about how incredible it is to have this. Here's what I want to tell you. And I don't know how I've got to think of the best metaphor to understand. But think about how from the time of George Washington on, we have had a country that has two political parties. We've never had three, four, five, six. If you want that, you go to Europe. Okay, that's the stuff that we have two parties here. And imagine if, and I've tried to see if this works, and this is a little bit of a hat tip. Again, I told you I spent some time with uh, some buddies of mine, Randy and Tim, and Tim's a Red Sox fan. Imagine if you're a Red Sox fan and you decide you're going to vote on the captain of the Red Sox baseball team. And you decide to open up the voting and you say, in order to vote on who gets to be a captain, you just have to be a Red Sox fan. You have to sign up to be a Red Sox fan. You have to get uh, mailings in the mail. You have to go and vote in the primary. And then all the Yankees fans realize. And they say, "Uh, I'll just sign up and vote as a Red Sox fan. And I'll pick your captain. Now, it's much more significant to pick the Secretary of State candidate for the Republicans in Georgia or the governor candidate for the the, uh, Republican governor's candidate in Georgia. But that's what these people do. Look, On my desk right now, I'm looking at it, is a book called Rigged, Rigged by Molly Hemingway. When you read this book, it's called how the book is rigged. The subtitle is how the media, big tech and the Democrats seized our elections rigged. It's the perfect word. It may not be that everything that's been done is formally illegal. In other words, there may not be a specific line, a law that has been broken when it comes to aspects of the rigged system. And let's be clear, in 2011, Ron Klain, who now is Joe Biden's chief of staff, he said, oh, yeah, elections are rigged. We all know that they're rigged in favor of the incumbents. Smart guy. In 2017, Hillary Clinton said, oh, the elections are rigged and 70 percent of Democrats agreed with her in 2021. 75% of Republicans, some number close to that, said the game is rigged. Now, what's the reality? The reality is when you have an admission that you have Democrats going into the Republican primary to vote for candidates, you say to yourself, what kind of party, Republican Party, what kind of party allows that? What kind of system is set up that allows that? And you say, well, I I don't know. What's it supposed to be? It's a rigged system. And the rigging happens because where there's more money, where there's more money that can be spread around, especially dark money, you will find that they want to rig the system. So Adam Kinzinger says, oh, it's great, isn't it? Democrats, not Republicans, voting in the Republican primary. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't this great? We're undermining the Republican Party. He says things like, and then the Republican Party is a battle for the Republican Party. Where's the battle of the Republican Party if the Democrats are in it? And then Kinzinger admits he's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, paid himself a salary, I'm sure, paid his girlfriend a salary. I don't know. That's not fair. I don't know. But the way these PACs and super PACs work is that they raise a bunch of money and they pay their family and friends and their buddies and everybody's making money. And Kinzinger's getting dark money to go in and send mailings to people and send mailings to people, Democrats, and say, don't, don't worry about being a Democrat. Go over and 
I don't know, cheat? Is it cheating? Is it lying? It's not illegal, you see. Back last, was it last fall, when the uh, Newsweek ran the piece, Molly Ball was the author. I think that's her name. She wrote a piece, and, and in it, the Democrats admitted that they, they fortified the election by having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and tens of millions, ultimately, to figure out how to rig the system. Now, the Democrats say they didn't break any laws. They just filed lawsuits in certain key places. They did drop boxes in other places. They had Fauci and, and the CDC and NIH saying we have to do more mail-in, by whatever. They say they didn't break the law, and I don't know for sure. I haven't seen anybody convicted, but they certainly look like they rigged the system. And what you know, you look up, look up, look up. Last week in in, in Washington, D.C., in the same federal courthouse, one young guy, a military veteran, tried for trespassing in the Capitol on January 6th. No violence. He's been in jail the whole time, a year and two or three or four months, sitting in jail. And he's convicted within a day of having done all sorts of things because the prosecutors were able to ha- show a Trump flag and all this kind of stuff and make it look like he's basically convicted of being a part of the narrative the Democrats don't like or they want to push on you. And two floors down, Michael Sussman, who all these people, it's clear, were lying or, again, maybe they weren't lying, breaking the law, but they were misleading the FBI, the FISA court, the American people, the media, and no no coverage, not much. And Sussman's probably going to get off because he's going to hang the jury or whatever. What you need to know is you don't have to get caught breaking the law, and sometimes you don't even have to break the law to have rigged the system. In fact, a lot of times, as Ron Klain, chief of staff to Joe Biden today, said 11 years ago, the system is rigged for the incumbents, both parties. Why? Because they got the power and the jack, Jack. They got the money. Think about the money they control. So who's going to fix a rigged election system? How are you going to do it? That's what we need to know. What you know right now, (laughs) it's being rigged again and again, it looks like. All right, we'll take a break. Let's talk about the border in a moment. Todd Benzman and then Randy Clark down in Texas. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Our old friend Todd Benzman is down, of course, at the border. In a few moments, we'll talk uh, with Randy Clark, who is a retired uh, Border Patrol agent, I think down in that Del Rio section, Todd, where you mentioned you were visiting. So uh, anyway, Todd Benzman, of course, is a National Security Fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies. CIS.org is a lot of his uh, writings over at Benzman Todd, if I remember correctly, on Twitter. Welcome back, Todd. What's so it's 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 not, I mean, D-Day is a little too dramatic, but it's it's uh, Title 42 day these day this week here. Uh, it should have been expiring. Of course, the court up uh, kind of stopped that. But where, what's going on? Give us some uh, updates, please. Sure. Well, I just returned from the Del Rio sector, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, one of nine sectors along the border. And it's not it's not the busiest sector, but it, it is it is a very busy sector. And what I found was that the judge, you know, the judge ordered Title 42, the expulsion policy to remain in effect. Right. But what what I found down there was that 
the Biden administration has punched so many exemptions into this thing that it might as well not even exist at all. And what I saw were uh, hundreds and hundreds of migrants from countries all around the world exempted from Title 42 that would have been turned back under it just a couple months ago. Uh, These are going to be people from uh, Nicaragua. Let's just say anybody who is not from the northern uh, Central American countries, you know, the usual Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, but is from like anywhere else in the world is getting a free passage right through the border Hmm. onto buses. Uh, I watched six of them fill up in about an hour and a half at a nonprofit in Del Rio uh, and then just be importing uh, people to 15 different states around the country. And the nonprofit director who is running this thing with Texas National Guard and Border Patrol told me that uh, this is, you know, the numbers are spiking, that these are the greatest numbers they've ever seen. Uh, Greyhound bus bus uh, lines is uh, instrumental in providing buses. American Airlines is uh, this week tripling its capacity in Del Rio, uh, bringing in you know 737 so that they can uh, haul more of them around the, the country. And so there are these operations, these import operations that are filling up with people mainly from. Nicaragua, Venezuela, Colombia, Peru now, which is a, a first time I've ever met Peruvians down there. There are 500 a week coming in now. Uh, wow. People people from um, Ecuador, uh, Brazil, and all the African countries or West African countries are being allowed in. They're exempted. And these are single adults who you know, just not long ago, we're being targeted for expulsion under under Title 42. So I I wish I could tell people to take heart from the federal judges ruling, keeping 42 in place. However, from what I saw, it looks like they've just punched the, the bowl so full of holes, it can't even hold water anymore. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman, and uh, of course, uh, over at uh, the Center for Immigration Studies is where you can find uh, his writings and, and also on Twitter. Um, Todd, so I, I mean, you said I wish you could give a report that um, the court's uh, ruling has slowed things down. It doesn't look like it did, which was predictable in the last couple of weeks that you were saying it didn't matter what the court said because people were coming as if they were getting through. And effectively, the cartels and whoever that control the border are going to let them get through now. Right. So we're we're sort of dealing with the same crisis, maybe not uh, with the exp- uh, expiration or of, of Title 42. What comes next? I know I do this to you all the time, but what what comes next? I mean, do we does this just go on forever and we move on to the the Amber Heard trial and Johnny Depp trial? And we you know, and we're talking about the Ukraine and we just forget this. I mean, what what is where where are we going to end up? Well, I saw this is important because one thing that I saw uh, gives us an idea uh, of what's what's about to happen, which is that all of these immigrants who are being put on buses that I saw all day hours. This is going on seven days a week, by the way, there's no break. This right. is a seven day a week operation. There are so many are taking selfies 
photos. They all have cell phones. And they're, you know, I met one guy who's on the phone with his brother FaceTiming at the Greyhound bus with his brother who's still in Havana about how he should come next. And so uh, I think that that's what's in store. I mean, whether they drop Title 42 or not, anybody who's not from Mexico should be coming. And right now, uh, an indicator of what we should start to see is that there is a 7,000 strong caravan that is watching all this in Tapachula, Mexico, on the southern on on Mexico's southern border that are seeing all this. And I mean, these are people who who are from all over the world, Somalis, and these are the people that they're letting in uh, is coming. I mean, they're gearing up and uh, the reporting from down there is that this 7,000 caravan formed up very quickly and that it should, it should be at about 10,000 in the next few days Hmm. and that they're going to barrel through and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But that's the kind of, enticing incentivized behavior that we can expect from now on. The other thing I noticed in the Del Rio sector, and you can ask your next guest about this is, you know, the border patrol has, has vastly expanded its facilities, soft-sided facilities, putting up brand new ones all along the border that are capable of processing thousands and thousands of illegals. Right. And that is a testament to, I mean, that that's hard money that was spent in construction spent down there. And so that tells you that the administration is planning to be processing people into the country in very, very large numbers for a very long time. Um, we're talking again with Todd Benzman, uh, the, uh, I, I, I want to I, I want to ask you two questions, so I don't want to forget the second one. So I want you to comment on the national security issues because you wrote that book on that subject. But before we get to that, when you mentioned Greyhound and American Airlines helping, um, they're doing it for money, right? I mean, the federal government's paying them. I mean, I, I well, we can we can criticize businesses for making woke decisions, which it certainly is, but they're also doing it for money, right? I mean, they're not nobody's volunteering to fly them out. I think aren't they getting paid? No, yeah, of course they are. Uh, you know, the Greyhound, uh, the way it works is, you know, the nonprofit organizations that are operating the import, uh, the, 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 the transportation of people into the interior, right. charter the buses. And then they charge, in turn, they charge their, uh, the immigrants. So the immigrants are paying for their bus fare. Right. Uh, but the, but everybody's the seats are paid for. And then of course, American airlines is not flying for free. They're, they're making their seats available there in Del Rio at the right. international airport. So, uh, but one, uh, one, one last thing I, if I could just mention is <clears throat> there's something, um, really questionable and bothersome that is happening with this. And that is that the, the legal mechanism that DHS is using is called parole. And I asked a bunch of these migrants if I could look at their paperwork and took photos and everything. And the paperwork is what's called uh, an invitation to enroll in alternative to detention. It gives them free reign to be in the United States with temporary legal authorization for a full year before they have to enroll in ATD, 
which they might get an ankle bracelet or a cell phone or something that they have to, that, that's trackable. But, but this is, there is no legal authority for this. The, the INA, the law is very clear about what's supposed to happen. They are supposed to be detained, all of them, whether they apply for asylum or not. They have to be detained. There's no, there's no wriggle room about that. Even if they apply for asylum, this thing that they're doing, these papers that I saw, they just invented out of, out of nothing. And they're using this to just set thousands and thousands of people free into the country with, with very questionable uh, status. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I just, this yeah. is something, this is something that, that is really disturbing. I mean, I, I, nobody has to apply or report in. They're just letting everybody in, essentially. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman. Todd, I didn't want to forget my other question. Your, your, your book from last year, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle at the border. Um, it, 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 uh, it what, what's the national security? Oh, excuse me. Nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. Excuse me. Um, what's happening at the, I mean, what about that part of it? I mean, if you know that the, it's wide open or it's so chaotic, are we, are we, I mean, is there any doubt we've got bad guys coming in too? Well, the bad guys know that our border is out of control. There was a, a case I just wrote about it on Friday, published in Town Hall. Um, FBI case, it was a sting operation against an, uh, an Iraqi who was here as an asylum seeker. And his plot was to bring in eight uh, ISIS operatives over the Mexican border to kill George Bush in Dallas. And it was a complex uh, operation. There's a lot of moving parts to this thing. It's a fascinating case. Go to townhall.com uh, and look me up if you want to read all about this and what it means. But, but just shortly, briefly, what I can tell you is what it, what it means to me is that the bad guys, jihadists, now fully recognize that the southern border is an avenue to, of approach. Uh, and that it's vulnerable right now. And, and I would have to agree with that. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'm um, sorry, Todd. I thought I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, so Todd Benzman, uh, last uh, question, the summer's coming. Um, it's going to get hot and more dangerous. It's still pretty dangerous. I mean, aren't we also headed towards, shouldn't somebody be saying you're going to have people dying in the heat? They're already dying. I mean, there are so many dead immigrants now. Um, I, somewhere I have the number, but you know, I think last week we lost 25. Uh, they found bodies. It's already happening. It's extremely hot down there. I just came from there. Uh, and not only that, but oddly, a lot of these uh, migrants from the countries that are being exempted mm -hmm. can't swim. And so they're drowning. We're having a lot of drownings, children and adults in the Rio Grande that would not be drowning if we had policies that were deterring them, making them want to stay at home instead of spending 10 grand on smuggling to try this thing out. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. There would be a lot of people alive, immigrants alive today, were it not for these policies. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. 
It's uh, it's amazing. All right. Well, Todd Benzman, as always, thank you for being down there and for uh, staying on this story. And I hate to say this to you because I, I think I learned my Dale Carnegie, but you actually you sound tired. You usually don't sound tired to me, Todd, even though you're facing all this stuff. You sort of seem like it's wearing on you. I hope it's not because I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> it's got to be a wait well, to see this. So uh, maybe maybe um, drink more water, get some more sleep. We need uh, we don't yeah. want you to get too uh, too down. Well, I just I just came back. Uh, yeah. Saturday night. So I'm, I mean, and it was a rough trip. It was a lot of work. So. Yeah. Okay. I'll ask you that. We'll excuse you on that then. All right. Well, stay well. Thank you, Todd <laughs> Benzman, CIS.org to see all of his writings. We appreciate it very much. He's right down there with his finger on the pulse. And uh, as he said, he posted a piece late last week. Uh, he'll have more, I'm sure, coming soon based on his work over the weekend. So we'll uh, track it and put it up over on, on social media and at proamericareport.com. And we will take a quick break and we'll be back. We'll talk with Randy Clark, uh, former border agent who now is a writer for Breitbart, Texas. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, I've been looking forward all weekend, as we were just talking about in the open of the show, uh, that there's so much... um, so much spin on stories. You don't even know what the truth is. And uh, Randy Clark is a writer over at Breitbart, Texas, and it writes on the border and has written a lot, a lot of different topics. Uh, but he has an exclusive uh, that is uh, pu- published, I guess, late last week uh, about what happened at the situation in Texas with the school shooter. Instead of all the spin and all the craziness, what actually was happening there? And uh, uh, Randy Clark has some uh, has some information. Welcome, Randy. How are you today? Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So one one quick thing about this is the Border Patrol played an outsized role in this. Uh, what, who was on the ground there? I mean, we've heard so much reporting. Who were who were actually there on the ground? Well, Ed, this is a really quickly developing situation that started at the uh, grandmother's house where this little monster lived who had shot her in the face. So it really started there with the Uvalde Police Department. Mm-hmm. And then they received a call shortly after that there were shots fired at a funeral home next to the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started to, that's when it started to involve other agencies. These are smaller police departments. Uh, and so they real quickly start asking for outside resources to help because this is a significant event. Uvalde's nowhere near as large as San Antonio. Uh, it's, it's close to 30,000 population. Uh, so it involved the Uvalde police department, mm-hmm. their sheriff's department in Uvalde County, it also involved the school district police department once that shooter entered the campus. Mm-hmm. Then it involved the United States Border Patrol, Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm told the U.S. Marshals helped provide some equipment to there. It involved all the EMS and fire authorities. It involved air assets from the Border Patrol and Texas DPS. Uh, and then it involved uh, air evac resources out of San Antonio and the local hospital. Uh, wow. Uh, we're talking again with Randy Clark, uh, Breitbart, Texas. I, I, I buried the lead on his own career. He Over 30 years uh, in the U.S. Border Patrol. Um, so he's on the front lines of this. Uh, just before retiring, he was the division chief for law enforcement operations uh, that oversaw nine of the Border Patrol stations down along the Texas border. On Twitter, at Randy Clark, BPTX, at Randy Clark, BPTX. Um, Randy, 
the coverage that, you know, the typical tweeting and outrage, I, Piers Morgan was, you know, uh, complaining about the lack of bravery of the law enforcement. But you just described how fluid everything was. What's what's what really what's your assessment of real? I mean, as you said, one monster, you know, one terribly deranged, evil acting uh, animal. But uh, the rest of this, are we are we getting anything that, it, that it is the truth when you, you see the coverage? Well, once you start bringing politics into a situation, which it quickly became an element of this situation, uh, that's when we, because we are so polarized, we have to say all cops are bad, all cops are good, uh, all vaccinations are good, all vaccinations are bad. And in this case, we're trying to portray the cops as cowards. Uh, and we're imagining, because of the, some of the media coverage, that these officers stood around and, and waited for all these resources to come and fail to act. And that would counter the active shooter doctrines that most that all police officers are following at school or otherwise. And what that says is, is unlike uh, the shooting in Columbine, where the officers stayed outside the building, these officers entered upon arrival as the doctrine requires. And they suffered gunshot wounds. They were grazing, luckily, through the closed classroom door. So they went into the building to find where the shooter was. Mm. Every catastrophe involves a series of unfortunate events that if they had not happened, would not have contributed to some of the delay in getting in. And these security features that have been placed into a lot of the schools allowed this person to get himself behind a cinder block wall and a security door and keep those officers from getting to him. Those officers, some of those officers on that scene lost children in that classroom. So I think trying to say that there was acts of cowardice on that day is preposterous and, and, and it really does a disservice to the residents and to the parents. Uh, those officers went in, they were injured. They did not seek medical treatment and leave. They stayed in that hallway through the duration as they worked through how we are going to get into that classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking again with Randy Clark, uh, himself a uh, veteran of, of many decades of, of uh, law enforcement, the Border Patrol, and now uh, with Breitbart, Texas. Uh, Randy, the piece you had posted late last week, they, they, did, they were missing this ballistic shield. I, I hate to say it, but is, is that sort of, as you just said, in any you know, emergency, you're going to have something that's not going right. That's why it's an emergency. And, and is that what we have here or is it something more glaring? Was it frankly a lack of funding or something? What, what, what's the story behind this and what's developed since you initially posted this? Well, especially even in some larger departments, such as federal agencies like the border. So those shields are about $10,000. They're used by SWAT teams for barricaded subjects. Now, this is not a personal protective device. In other words, you're going to stand behind that shield because you have to go in a room with potentially 20, 30 friendly fire children targets. You do not want to cause damage. You must concentrate. And the first tenet of employing a firearm by an officer is you can clearly see your target. So they had to be prepared for that. That was a tool they requested and they got that tool. And they use that to get in there to take a clear shot at this person and Mm. kill him. Mm. Uh, It does no good to haphazardly try things that are that are not going to work because you may have one chance. Uh, So they waited for that piece of equipment, but they could not get in the room, basically, because those lockdown procedures call for every employee that is not a police officer to run 
and to hide and to fight if they absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. So a limited number of people have keys to get in all the classrooms and buildings. Those people were sheltered and hiding, and those cops had to find them to get access. They lacked those tools to breach that door. It's a solid steel door set into a concrete wall. So that's almost like a vault. He was able to shoot through that door, but officers cannot return fire. So at that point in the hallway, they may as well have not even had guns. They cannot fire into a place where they can't see. He could have lined those children up behind behind that door to protect himself. Those officers don't have x-ray vision. So there's some key facts that we don't have in the timeline. We know a lot right now based upon what DPS has released. But what we don't know is when did those keys become available to the officers Mm -hmm. that they could actually get into that classroom because they were all dying to get in. You know, these these officers that did enter, they didn't find their courage when they went in. If they had the tools. Right. They certainly wanted to go in as soon as possible. We're, we're talking, again, we're talking with Randy Clark, uh, who's with uh, Breitbart, Texas, um, at, on Twitter, at Randy Clark, BBTX. That's his Twitter feed, uh, Twitter handle, and um, uh, himself a law enforcement uh, veteran. Uh, so from what you're seeing now, uh, as the facts have come out, it's, a, it's one of the most horrendous tragedies around. I, there's no doubt, no denying that. Nobody would. Um, but, but the quick judgment on the law enforcement that was really nasty to me, I, I knew it was, I didn't know it was a lie. I knew it was too quick. It's like the fog of war. Um, but but did, the, did this animal, this evildoer, was the, 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 he, he was sophisticated enough to know where to go to get himself protected? Is that basically what happened? He had himself barricaded in in such a way that it, it, it made it more complicated than it almost could have been. That's correct. And some of the other shootings, they're moving around open hallways and, and children are running and teachers right. are running and, they're, and he's trying to cause as much carnage in open cafeteria areas and auditoriums. And in the case of Columbine in a gym, that the doors were locked from the inside. So he was, this person was not in an open area. He, he was, he knew those police officers were coming in and he sought the first place he could get refuge. So that allowed him, you know, to commit this atrocity and, uh, and, and it's just terrible. But, but we're finding out that he tried to purchase these weapons over eight months ago and he tried to circumvent the law by having a sister try and purchase them. And he amassed 1,600 rounds to carry out this attack on that day. So he had been planning this and it seems like for some time it was his purpose of life Hmm. Uh, because this is a significant investment, you know, 1600 rounds, two rifles, 60 magazines were used in this attack, rifle magazines. Uh, He dropped or intentionally or otherwise dropped a backpack with over 30 magazines in there and still took 300 fully loaded uh, 315 rounds in there and almost expended all of that inside, almost half of that. So Uh, this is a person who incredibly evil. uh, Randy Clark, one last question again, Breitbart, Texas. Um, Do you think that these, do you of all the, I I have sons, I have kids, I have two daughters and two sons and uh, we're very careful with the video games and all like most parents, you try really hard. Uh, But I do think that the, when we were kids, I mean, it's always like this We're all I sound like my grandfather, you know, we all talk on like where, but when we were kids, but the, the proliferation of the, of the violent games and, and maybe say it differently, the sophistication with which, the video game companies can target the kids seems to me to have gotten us where 
again, not excusing the evildoer. That's not I'm not I'm doing. I'm saying, though, that that these are malformed uh, people, uh, evilly. So that's the word. I, I mean, the word malformed, you know, at the heart of that is evil. But there's something going on with that. Am I am I overdoing that? I mean, you had 30 plus years of law enforcement. You must have seen the the change in in how uh, especially young um, uh, criminals act. Is, is there something to that or no? Uh, I'm going to say yes, there has to be something to that. And, and it's one of many pieces that we probably as adults won't get into a fair conversation about. Right. Again, because we are polarized and we're not doing favors to our children to, to teach them not, how not to rationalize, how, to, how they should right. look at everything in perspective. <clears throat> so that's one element that absolutely yeah. is. We have to look at the broken family. We have to look at were there any signs and we're learning that there were some out there. The mm-hmm. sister was asked to buy two rifles. Did she know why he's collecting all this ammo? And that doesn't raise any red flags in the home. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of points of failure in this story that started long before he found an open door at that school that should have been locked. So every catastrophe, you know, whether it's a plane crash or something else, we find out that it did not start when that incident ended. Yeah. It started long before and mm-hmm. a series of failures got us to that point. There's a series of failures, and it first of all starts in the family, starts with this this monster, and how how he ended up with that level of evil that we're seeing more frequently all over the country. So I think we have to look at a lot of things yeah. and not polarize. Well, it's the gun. Right, well, right, it's right, mental right. health. It's never it's never one thing. Anybody, any, any someone like you with your experience would know. You know, you can you can sit back and say, oh, it's that. No, it's not that. It's this, 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 and this all together. And you better be thinking uh, more thoughtfully. Well, listen. Thank you for first of all for writing for your service, uh, Randy Clark. Again at Randy Clark BBTX. Randy Clark is now with Breitbart Texas, a retired a veteran of the United States Border Patrol over three decades. Uh, thanks, Randy, for your time. Thank you, Ed. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too. We'll take a break. Everybody back. And don't forget, I'll put this up over on uh, on ProAmericaReport.com. You can go and listen to the standalone segment and a lot more after the break. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. A record 1.7 million illegal aliens had encounters with our courageous Border Patrol agents in the fiscal year ending September 30, 2021. In addition, the number of known gotaways has exceeded 2,000 per day in recent months, plus many more who evade detection. Amid this crisis, President Biden opened the floodgates further to double or triple the influx by terminating President Trump's Title 42 policy. Section 265 of Title 42 of the United States Code authorizes the federal government to exclude persons at the border whose admission would endanger the public health from a communicable disease. This new action by Biden throws our border wide open by repealing Trump's only remaining border security policy that was still being enforced by the Biden administration. Senseless liberal logic welcomes COVID-infected illegal aliens while imposing burdensome vaccination requirements on Americans and those who enter our country lawfully. When asked about this contradiction, Biden's former press secretary, Jen Psaki, absurdly responded that the illegals do not intend to remain here for a long time. They certainly do plan to stay and consume billions of dollars in benefits while they're here. The strain of Ukrainian refugees on Europe dominates the media. 
while the same media ignores similar hordes of illegals right here at home. Democrats see a new voter for their side in every new illegal alien, no matter how much harm this causes the United States. Regardless of the political talking points being thrown around, votes are what this is all about. Most leftists don't care about the plight of poor illegal immigrants. If they did, they'd be doing everything in their power to discourage illegals from making the dangerous trip across the border, often led by coyotes, by the way, who have ties to the illicit drug trade or even sex trafficking rings. Instead, politicians feign compassion by encouraging illegals to come to America and vote Democrat. Votes are what politicians care about. The best way to fight back is to make it clear to your elected official that you will hold them accountable at the voting booth and that you will rally others to do likewise. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Got no time. Got no time. Let me just say, I watched 2,000 Mules again over Memorial Day weekend. Really worth watching. If you can get it at home, you know, some people are still watching in the, in the, in the theaters. Watch it at home and watch it a couple times because you see things uh, every time a little different. I think it starts slow, then it gets going. But watch it. Watch it. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great producer, Joanna Spilger, associate producer. Be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. On The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>